kind of the big thing about the podcast, why I think it's really important, is that we get some credibility by featuring the people who are actually doing the innovative work in the field. So it's one thing for us as marketers to develop content, develop a story, and push that out. But it's, it, it has a lot more impact. It's much more compelling if that story is coming directly from you know, one of the key opinion leaders in the field. So that, that's what I really like about it. Welcome to Life Science Marketing Radio, the podcast where marketing leaders inside and outside the sciences share their creative ideas and practical approaches to increasing your marketing ROI. Here's your host, Chris Connor. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. And if this is your first time, thanks for joining me. I am super excited about this episode, and you will understand why in a short moment. I went to Tricon, the Molecular Medicine Conference in San Francisco last week, and happily, the first person I talked to happened to be a listener to this podcast. So shout out to Dana. Thank you for listening. When I was there, I cruised the exhibit hall and I was talking to folks staffing their booths about using audio in their marketing or for internal alignment, physician education, keeping the sales team up to date on new product info. Some folks were already looking into this idea and others had their minds open to that as a new idea. This wave is coming. You're a podcast listener, so you probably already recognize that. If you want to explore how your company can use audio for either customer or employee engagement, send me an email, chris at lifesciencemarketingradio.com. On that note, let's jump into this. To be clear, I do not have anything to do with producing the Illumina Genomics podcast. I met my guest, Paul, through LinkedIn and found it to be an inspiring example to share with all of you. My guest on this episode is Paul Broman. He is a scientific liaison at Illumina, and just as importantly for this episode, he is the host of the Illumina Genomics podcast. Paul, welcome to Life Science Marketing Radio. Hi, Chris. Thanks. Nice to be here. It's fun to talk to another podcaster. So just to get us started, tell us you know, what I want to talk about today, just for the audience, is um, kind of your journey into podcasting at a life science company, which is, um, I, I don't know if it's unique, but uh, I haven't found any others like yours. So tell us about your podcast and, and its format, just to give people an idea of what you're doing. Sure. Uh, so we're basically, uh, we're, we're doing about 15 minute interviews with what we call key opinion leaders. So these are scientific experts out there who are, are, who are using our technology and many of them are using it in kind of interesting, innovative, creative ways. We basically wanted to develop a channel so that we could tell those stories, uh, to, uh, reach out to a different audience than we, we, we typically market to. And um, so basically what I do is, is I just visit with, uh, you know, scientists in the field and we have a conversation about their research, what they're interested in and, and in general, how they use our technology. So I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not featuring particular products or, uh, you know, particular, you know, we don't even mention the name Illumina in our podcast. I'm just trying to give them a platform to tell their story about how, how they use our technology. And uh, once we do that, we 
uh, come back. I say we, but it's actually just me. Um, I come back and I edit that content and, uh, we publish it through, you know, all of the, all of the places that people get their podcasts through iTunes, through Google play, uh, you name it. Yeah. And, um, what were, I mean, you mentioned a little bit kind of what the point was is to get people to tell those stories, but do you have a kind of a bigger set of goals for what this could accomplish for Illumina? For sure. So we have a, we have an existing customer base right now that, that is typically what we would call a, you know, high throughput user. So these are people who are running really large scale genome centers around the world. And they're, they're, they're running a lot of sequences through. Uh, so, and they're also, you know, multi-million dollar accounts, more or less. But what we'd like to do is to try to branch out now to people who are not necessarily using genomics currently, but whose science would really lend itself well to genomics approaches. And so we're trying to take someone who is, is basically naive to genomics, of the science behind it and the technology, and kind of open the door to them so that they can see what the possibilities are for them to leverage genomics in their research. And so that's really the idea that we're, we're trying to take a kind of complex story and a kind of complex technology and really boil it down to fundamental elements that, you know, a cell biologist or a, uh, an evolutionary biologist might be able to, to comprehend to see how that approach might fit into their, uh, into their scientific research. So we're basically trying to get another level of, uh, of scientists out there to, you know, discover the power of the technology and try to enable them to understand how it fits into, uh, in, in, into their labs. Yeah, I love that. So when I was a Marcom director uh, for Mass Spec at Thermo, I had sort of the same challenge and I wasn't a podcaster at that time, but, um, you know, some high level mass spec is pretty complicated too. And right. as a marketer and in my job now, I'm always trying to encourage people because a lot of content that you see is directed at people who already know who you are. They know what this stuff is, but it's rarely directed at people who could be using your technology, but aren't. And I think maybe podcasting is an ideal casual way to kind of soften those people up because otherwise you're counting on someone in their network doing some kind of uh, research related to them to somebody has to be the first person to reach out and say, Oh, you know what? Um, we could uh, do this a different way. And uh, for sure. And, yeah, I, I totally agree. I, it, it is pretty informal and it gives us a lot of advantages, I think. And one is that, as you said, our audience can be a bit uh, naive when it comes to genomics. And in genomics in particular, like a lot of the sciences out there, there's a lot of jargon. There's a lot of language that's really only known to, to practitioners. Uh, so the podcast kind of gives us a way to explain that in a non-threatening way and, and, and just make the connection. So we do a lot of marketing, like you said, to, to people who've already drunk the Kool-Aid, let's say, and, and we kind of talk to them a certain way, but other scientists might want to know that, you know, that's fine, but how does it, how does this impact me? What does it mean for me? And so that's one of the things we try to do. The other thing I, I think that it gives us is an opportunity to educate 
So becoming a scientist obviously is a multi-year journey. Uh, you go through graduate school and a postdoctoral fellowship and assistant professorship. So with the podcast, we can target a kind of a younger audience, let's say a graduate student or a postdoc who's you know doing their, their work at the bench. And because it's an audio format, you don't need someone's eyeballs constantly focused on on what you're what you're talking about. You know, between incubations or you know taking the subway or or doing whatever, we can kind of use that opportunity to to sort of get a message out to those folks. So that that's kind of uh, you know the idea behind it. Yeah, it's a completely. I mean, I'm always pushing that idea that, and I think it helps people realize that you don't necessarily need images, particularly when you're telling stories about what people are doing and what their goals are. You don't need pictures of instruments or pictures of data to communicate the idea that they're making progress on a problem and what the problem is. I mean, uh, we all have those conversations, you know, in a cafeteria without any visual aids. Uh, so, um, perfectly legitimate to do it with just audio and, you know, it happens. I like to say this all happens when their mind is open to digesting those ideas. They're not going to be interrupted if they're riding a train to work or they're just driving or they're out for a jog or they're, uh, even working at the bench, they, they can still process that information better than, and with less chance of being interrupted if they were exactly. sitting down watching a video. So, you know, we are, so our podcasts are about 15 minutes in length and that's about the average time that it takes most people around here uh, to get to work. So I, I get a lot of feedback that people sort of listen to us on the way to work or, you know, on the way home. If I can say one more thing, the, the really for me, the kind of the big thing about the podcast, why I think it's really important is that we get some credibility by featuring the people who are actually doing the innovative work in the field. So it's one thing for us as marketers to develop content, develop a story, and push that out. But it's it, it has a lot more impact. It's much more compelling if that story is coming directly from you know one of the key opinion leaders in the field. So that, that's what I really like about it. Yeah, absolutely. I had a previous mentor who was always saying, you know, let's shine the light on the customers and just bask in the reflection. <laughs> that's a great, that's a great quote. Yeah. I think I'll use that. Yeah. So, um, how did you personally get interested in this idea of podcasting? Well, it's an interesting story. I, we, I'm part of a scientific affairs team and we also, uh, we also do a lot of video pieces. Um, some of them can be, you know, only five minutes long and we also do a, a very large documentary series. Uh, but one of the series that we did was called Science Mondays, uh, where it featured me and, and other members of the team talking about some of the leading articles that, are, that were recently published at the time. And it, it was the same idea as the podcast in that you want to tell a story about how the technology is being used. The difficulty is that that content went out over YouTube. And as you know, YouTube has just tons of content and it's really difficult uh, to attract the right set of eyeballs to the right set of content, content. There's just so much noise out there. So we didn't get a lot of traction with that series. And I think also part of the reason is that, let's be honest, nobody really wants to hear Paul Broman discuss the latest research uh, that's been published in Nature. No one cares, right? Who's going to listen to it? Uh, so 
we were brainstorming on how we could resuscitate that video series. And we just decided that there was no way, uh, it just wasn't going to happen. We did a little, uh, further research and we thought, you know, Hey, we don't have a podcast at Illumina and there's actually not that many podcasts on genomics. And so why don't we give this a shot? Because, uh, there wouldn't be that much competition for, uh, you know, for the, for ears out there. And so that's how we got started is, is really an effort to replace a, a video series that just was not getting much traction. And what kind of experience did you have creating anything like a podcast? I mean, aside from the video, um, was it hard for you to get started? Yeah, I, I don't think it was, it wasn't really that challenging, but again, I'm, I, I'm fortunate enough to be working at a fairly, a large institution where we have, you know, an information technology team that could really help me on the back end. So there, there, there are some technical uh, challenges in getting it set up. You know, you need, need to have a web page, and the content needs to be hosted somewhere. Um, you need to have a file that that you know users will will interface with. So some of that was was challenging at the beginning, but really not that overwhelming, uh, and it didn't take that long. Um, but it, once that was set up and out of the way, uh, it, it's really not that it's really not that big of a challenge to get it going. And uh, so, uh, in many companies, for many kinds of novel initiatives like this, <laughs> the technical problem isn't the challenge; it's convincing your manager that this is worth doing. So, how did you do that? <laughs> What's the return on investment? That's always the, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So one of the nice things about a podcast is essentially uh, it's almost free. Uh, the, the, the cost of, of doing it, publishing the content is, is it's really very little. It's almost, it doesn't almost cost any money at all. Uh, beyond that, there are a lot of market studies out there showing the impact of podcasting across a number of different, uh, a number of different markets. So we did, we, we accessed a little bit of, of that data out there, uh, showing that, you know, podcast podcasting is really growing. The audience base is really growing. Uh, the audience that you reach with the podcast tends to be younger, tends to be more educated, tends, tends to be more affluent. And that, that kind of ticks all the boxes in terms of who we'd like to, you know, who we'd like to market to. Um, so basically a lot of the market data that supported, you know, experimenting with the use of podcasting, as well as the relatively inexpensive, uh, you know, the amount of resources to get started really weren't very much. So it, it, and I'm also blessed with managers who encourage creative thinking and, and thinking out of the box. So all those three things came together and, uh, I got the, the green light to go ahead. Yeah. Good for you. I'll mention one other thing. And that is the, the people who listen to podcasts, if, if there's someone who's willing to subscribe to a genomics podcast, they're really into that topic. That's for sure. That's definitely true. We, we, it, in our YouTube series, um, science on Monday, uh, we could, we could track the analytics of that. And, you know, basically people are clicking on the video and after a couple seconds, they're, they're basically somewhere else already. So, uh, whereas people who are listening to our podcast, they tend to listen to all of the content and they, they tend to, you know, they, they tend to come back and, and repeat. So we're, we kind of are experiencing exponential growth in the, the, listenership for the podcast. And I think one of the reasons is people will get into one and they'll kind of explore more content, uh, that, you know, that they might not have realized was of interest to them. So, uh, we, we don't get that same kind of traction when we feature, a, a, a video on YouTube. 
Yeah. And it builds over time. And then again, part of the magic is uh, most people, I assume, are subscribed on their phone, which is always with them. So, right. I mean, you could, you can subscribe to a YouTube channel, but it's not quite the same as having um, a subscription to a podcast on your phone where you click on an icon, essentially the the cover art. And every episode ever made is there. So as you get new uh, audience or subscribers, they have more and more content to listen to. They can always go back through the whole library. And yeah, it's it's really amazing. Yeah, I I agree. It's really amazing to look at, uh, you know, some of the analytics. So we have the first episode that we put out a little over six months ago. We still get really good traction with that. We get a lot of people downloading that episode even today. And, uh, you know, you also get a push notification when you you subscribe to a podcast. So that's kind of how I know that the content's been published. I'll get a push notification on my phone. And um, it's really a, a very easy way to get the content. And the other thing is obviously you can listen to the content when you have a chance. So, um, and we do know that for the majority of our audience, almost 90% of them are downloading content from either their iPhone or their uh, Android phone. Nice. And so let's talk about um, just create the the work to create it. So it sounds like um, I'm interested in finding out how much effort it takes on your part. It sounds like because of your job as a scientific liaison, you're actually going out and talking to these people face to face. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, I actually I actually visit the uh, different sites around the world to to engage face to face with these folks. But you would be doing that in your job anyway, I presume. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's kind of a way for, for me to, I got kind of repurpose some of the discussion that I, that I'm running. It kind of goes back to, uh, before I was here, I was a medical science liaison at a, at a pharmaceutical company and, uh, their part of the job is to build these relationships with, um, healthcare providers who are using your, your product. And I kind of see it in a little bit the same way, even though it's not, it's, it's, it's not quite the same amount of, uh, customer interaction as I did back then, but just trying to build these relationships, going out in the field, talking to folks, trying to help them to network with other people that they might not know, um, as well as to help them network with people uh, within Illumina who might be interested in in some of the content that they're doing. Um, So it it really fits nicely in, in, uh, you know, my role already. So it's, it's kind of a nice cherry on the, on the cake for me. Yeah, it's nice. Um, so first of all, because you were already traveling, now the podcast is, um, it's a return on something you were already doing in a sense. It's repurposing your job, not just your content, but conversations you might have anyway. I'm sure there's a little extra effort on it, but it's not like Illumina said, we're going to create a podcast and we're going to send you all over the world just to do that. You're already traveling. That's right. And, uh, you know, so now if I go to a, when I go to a conference, wherever it is, you know, I'll reach out in advance uh, to our sales force in the field or to our regional marketing folks. And I'll ask, you know, do you have people who are doing really interesting uh, things that you you think might be interested in doing a podcast? And so before I go to a conference, uh, before I travel anywhere, I already have a list of people who, you know, who are interested in talking with me. So 
Whereas before I would just go to a conference and network there. Now I kind of have a double purpose for going. And I think it just, uh, it's a really good return on the investment because not only do we attend the conference, which we would have done anyway, but now we get marketing content that, you know, we can even repurpose in multiple ways when we, when we get back here. So uh, I think it's, it's a really nice fit with the role. Right. And you mentioned networking. So I will say is in my personal experience with this podcast, it has been the most phenomenal networking tool you can imagine because it, it, people, most people are willing to speak. It's how I met you. It's right. how I meet most of my guests. And then I'm able to connect them. I just connected a few, several people this week based on people I had met through the podcast. And, um, and so for Illumina, I'm imagining, what does that do for them? Well, it becomes a sort of a, I'm guessing, you tell me, a source of loyalty. Like, okay, Paul goes out. He knows this guy. He knows that woman working in a lab. He goes, you two should talk to each other because you're doing similar things or one of you can help the other. And that, re again, reflects back on you and Illumina, right? Absolutely. And, and, you know, we could do that in, in a multitude of ways. So in addition to these podcasts, we also, uh, we also run expert panels where we, you know, we'll bring 30 of the top scientists in any particular field. We'll bring them together in a room just to kind of brainstorm and talk about what they're doing and how Illumina might, might, might help in those efforts. And a lot of those, a lot of those people who've attended the expert panels, you know, we, they've come through our, our podcasting. So I'll, I'll meet someone in the field and record their story. And once I turn the microphone off, we, you know, we continue a discussion about who's doing what, where. Uh, and that really, that really helps. And in addition, we can funnel a lot of what we've learned because um, it's really surprising the, how open scientists are in this format. I, what, what I found out is the minute you turn a camera on to someone, they sort of freeze up. <laughs> they don't want to talk about anything. But a microphone is pretty inconspicuous. So people are really free to open up and, and talk really in, in great detail about what they do. And some of that we funneled back into our uh, you know, technology development group. And we've said, you know, here's a person who's doing something interesting. You might want to reach out to them and you know, see if we might be able to help out or if, if there's something here where we might like to collaborate. So you know, the, the network, the opportunities for networking, they're really limitless. Yeah. So you, you sort of answered my next question um, in both of your last two answers about the difficulty of getting people to speak. So first of all, not using a camera has some magical effect. <laughs> it really because does. People don't feel like it has to be perfect or rehearsed. Exactly. Whereas that's their expectation of a video that it looks like a Hollywood movie. And that just ain't going to happen. No. And then... Um, you have this network of salespeople and field marketing people that are referring you. But is it difficult? Do you ever have run across the challenge of someone just says, I'm not sure if my company or my institution will let me talk essentially on what is a corporate marketing platform? Yeah, that's an interesting question. And the short answer is I've never, I've never a single time had that. What I have run into is, for example, I want to do a uh, I have a couple of episodes coming up at institutions that are are very sensitive about their brand. And so they're very, very uh, reluctant to participate in things like this. And some of these institutions have, uh, you know, our, our marketing and scientific affairs teams have reached out in the past to try to do a video uh, voice of customer series. And these institutions have said, no, we don't want to have a video camera on our campus. We don't want to have our, our people engaged in that kind of activity. 
inter- interestingly enough, when you turn that around and say like, well, I, it's just going to be me. I'm going to come in. I don't have a, I don't have a film or audio crow. It's just me in a, in, in a microphone. I'm going to talk about what, you know, what your investigator talks about. I'm not really going to talk about Illumina. Um, in every case that we've done that, those institutions have kind of turned around and said, yeah, you're welcome to come in and, and, uh, you know, spend an hour with, with this person and, uh, welcome to, you know, include that content on your podcast. So, it's really broken a lot of barriers in, in a way that a video series just just wasn't going to do for us. That's that's huge. And I can say I had the same experience with the JGI. In fact, uh, when I had Tyler Kay and I had this project called Tools of Science, and we asked them about coming in to kind of, we wanted to get a look at not only the Illumina equipment that, of course, they're using and the PAC bio equipment and so on. And, and they said, no, we, we're not, as a government institution, we can't talk about those products. And I said, and then we flipped it around and said, I just want to talk about how your scientists are using it. Oh yeah. Come on in. And then the guy was like, <laughs> Oh, and you got to talk to this person and that person. And it's really it interesting. Totally changed it. And it, it's super fascinating that, you know, what the, one of the first things I tell uh, folks when I, I sit down and talk with them is that we, we specifically don't want to mention the name Illumina and we don't want, want to mention any of the products that we carry. <laughs> and, uh, I'll find myself having to edit edit that out because they they really want to talk about that. Uh, they really believe in the technology and, and they believe in the brand and they want to talk about it. So uh, occasionally that that slips by, but uh, yeah, it's very interesting. People, it, it's a complete different way to talk. And once you once you give these scientists a platform to talk about what they're interested in, as opposed to what our marketing organization is interested in, they 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 really love it. Yeah. And then so my final question, really, I think it's my last one. We'll see is uh, (laughs) how do scientists respond to this? What, what kind of feedback are you getting? Yeah, it's really amazing. They, they really love it. And uh, which was a little bit unexpected, uh, because, you know, we, we're not experts at doing this, so we didn't know how it was going to turn out, but scientists actually love it. Uh, they use it in their own, you know, institutional web pages, they use the podcast uh, episodes as you know their own individual PR. Some of the institutions will use it in their their own PR. They really like the content. And just recently, uh, we've had people, uh, we've had scientists from around the world now starting to contact us and ask us, "Hey, you know, I'm doing interesting work. Could you do a podcast episode on me and what I'm doing?" Which is, uh, it's definitely something that we've never had happen with the video series. So that, that's a really exciting development for us. That is super cool. That's a nice problem to have. And yeah, just um, that whole idea of using it for PR is something, I mean, you're creating content. Oh, and loyalty, again, for Illumina, someone's thinking you're helping them as an academic or other scientist, build their brand. Exactly. And it works both ways. And, um, and networking, yeah, it's, right? It's, it's all about what I can do for you, right? I mean, networking is not about what you can do for me. Yeah. We, yeah so that's, that's really also part of it. And we're a large organization and it's also an opportunity to, you know, show these folks that we're listening to what they have to say. We're interested in it. And um, it's a positive experience on both sides. Yeah, I love it. And just to highlight something you mentioned a little while ago about uh, talking to scientists and what they're doing and then sending that to your development team, like, hey, you should talk to these people because you might get some ideas. So there's product development, there's networking, there's loyalty. There's so much value to this beyond, 
And as you say, not even without even mentioning Illumina in the content. That's that's right. And you know, we're in, we're in a fortunate position that you know we we are leaders of our market. So when you know when we you know when we highlight the value of genomics, obviously a lot of that's going to funnel back into us. But um, yeah, definitely we you know we just believe in the science and in, and uh, you know we just want to tell those stories and make sure that other people know how to how to leverage that and whatever they do. Yeah, this has been fantastic, Paul Broman. I I just uh, my cheeks hurt as they often do. <laughs> From smiling and just absorbing all the great information here. And I just think it's a, uh, you know, I think there's been a barrier to people thinking about it, but I've seen a wave in the last six to eight months about companies going, uh, they get it. And in fact, I went to the Tricon, the Molecular Medicine Conference this week in all San right. Francisco and talked to a couple of folks there. And it's surprising how many people say, Oh, I've been thinking about that. I just brought that up on my team this week. You can see it's starting to happen that people go, Oh, we might be able to use this. So yeah, it's uh, great. Your, ins- your inspiration, I think is going to push a few people over the edge. Wow, you're too kind. I, I, but I, I hope it does catch on because actually is for, from the point of view of someone who does it, it's, it's also just a blast. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's, uh, it is the most fun thing I've I, well, it's the second most thing, fun thing I've done for work. I had the privilege of teaching sailing for several years. So oh, it's yeah. hard to I can't, top. We can't beat that. But, but sitting at a desk, this is as good as it gets. It's as good as it'll get, yeah. All right, Paul, thanks very much for taking the time to talk to me. Thanks, Chris. It was, it was really a pleasure to talk with you. Thanks a lot. You bet. As you heard from Paul, in addition to the initial goal of growing the market, there are so many side benefits to the podcast, including R&D collaborations, helping network scientists to each other, creating loyalty from key opinion leaders, building their own brand, as well as creating PR material for your company and other institutions. If you like the podcast, please tell two friends. Drop me an email. Tell me what you think. I'd love to hear from you specifically. And do not miss the next episode. I have a returning guest talking about how to distribute content across multiple channels and a special guest host. It's going to be fun. Two weeks from now, I will talk to you then. Bye-bye.